Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the new Coach's Corner podcast. Um, just to get this out of the way, Tony and I are still great friends. Uh, his career trajectory kind of took him in a different direction, so he's going to be pursuing his education as his main um, main professional endeavor, I guess you could say. And I am trying to kind of recreate Coach's Corner in a, bit, in a bit of a different realm. So we're still going to have the same monthly educational content posted on our subscription website, but we're going to be building out a number of courses uh, on as separate entities that can be purchased by members and non-members alike that are going to be accredited by the NASM, ACSM, and NSCA respectively for continuing education credits. So there's going to be two sides of the business, the ongoing education through our subscription service and the continuing education courses uh, through our store. So I'm very excited about that. That should be relaunching about the same time as this podcast relaunches. So if you're interested in, in that, please go to www.coachescorneruniversity.com and check out what we got. And if you want to sign up for the subscription site, there is a 14-day free trial. So for our inaugural episode... I have the pleasure of being joined by my lovely wife, Olivia Michaud. Olivia is a coach for us at Master Athletic Performance. She's also a co-owner with me as of last October, uh, wellness competitor, competitive body, uh, power lifter, and a whole host of other things. So I wanted to kind of introduce you to her as she, uh, unbeknownst to her, she's probably going to be co-hosting a few episodes of this with me in the future. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to introduce her to the world. So, Liv, thank you so much for joining us, uh, us being me on the Coaches Corner University podcast. Yeah, coming from you live upstairs. <laughs> yeah, it's you know very professional. We like to keep it our you know the separation between our relationship and our professional endeavors uh, pretty separate. So, why don't we get started? Uh, tell us a little bit about you how you got started in training and coaching and uh, we'll build from there. Um, okay. Well, I guess it all kind of started from university. Obviously I was grew up as a competitive athlete, wanted to put a career and pursue something in the health and fitness realm. So I did my undergrad in kinesiology at university of Guelph Humber. Um, in university, that's when I started doing personal training, having some clients there. It was always more of like a, a side gig. Um, and then uh, after graduating, started working at a commercial gym, doing personal training full time. Of course, it was still a side gig. I didn't think that it would ever lead to coaching full time as my career. Um, but the online stuff kind of started around COVID when everything got closed down, um, reached out to one of our coaches now that works with us, Francesco, yeah. um, who was with Hybrid then, and I started coaching with Hybrid, and that's when my love of nutrition coaching really got started there, and I saw the potential to make that my career full-time. Mm -hmm. Well, you were also pursuing another career at the same time, right? Yes. <laughs> I had the dream of being a pilot. Um, that was always something that I wanted to do when I was a kid. 
Um, but choosing my university courses, I didn't, I don't know, I, I just like seemed far, far reached and I didn't think it was possible. Um, so I went through with my kinesiology degree and then after realizing, eh, I'm not sure I really want to be like a physiotherapist or athletic therapist, like one of those pathways that most kinesiology students go into. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe I can be a pilot. So I looked into a little bit more, ended up going to school for it, starting it. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually just realized that that wasn't the career for me, like being away from home, being out of your routine so often, uh, being pulled away from family, like it's just, it didn't align with my values and what I wanted with my life. Um, as cool as it is, like the cool factor of being a pilot was what drew me to it, like traveling and yeah. um, this like, like fancy lifestyle. But as you talk to more pilots, it's really not that fancy. Um, and I realized that I can do what I love doing, online coaching, nutrition, training, and be able to travel as much as I want doing that. So I get the best of both worlds. Yeah, I remember that conversation very vividly. Um, coming into coming into my office after getting home from from class, and you know, emotionally charged, and and realizing that you know, online coaching is a phenomenal career. Um, it's becoming more and more popular as people realize the flexibility that you can have within it. But you know, I feel like as this conversation goes on, people are going to realize like what actually goes into online coaching, and. The beauty of it is, is if you do it and you do it intelligently and you provide a fantastic value for your clients, that's returned to you in the flexibility of lifestyle where we can travel wherever we want to go and bring our laptops and continue to help people, but do it from a coffee shop in New York City or, you know, a poolside in Panama, uh, whatever yeah. we decide to do. So that's pretty cool. Um You've competed in a number of different sports. You competed in CrossFit. You competed in weightlifting, you've competed in powerlifting, um, now pursuing bodybuilding to a high level. Uh, I wanted to dive into like, what did you enjoy about each one and what kind of led that progression for you? Um, well, the reason I bounce back and forth between different competitive uh, outlets and sports is because I always want to have something that I'm working towards. I always want to have a goal in mind and just something at the end of the road. Um, so having powerlifting in my off season from bodybuilding and then going to bodybuilding in that, I guess, in season or off season from powerlifting um, uh, keeps me focused on something. Um, and then also from Olympic lifting beforehand. So I did Olympic lifting and then powerlifting, okay. bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. um, all of them require a lot of mental fortitude yeah for sure similar in some aspects but very different in others oh yeah um thing i like with bodybuilding is it makes you extremely focused in all areas of your life like everything like all your ducks have to be in line to make it far and, and to get your full potential in bodybuilding. Um, powerlifting is like, gives you a little bit more flexibility, but 
the mentality when you're going into the gym and you have to lift a certain amount of weight, even mm -hmm. though you really don't feel like it is really, really hard uh, mentally to get over. Sure. Um, and same, same thing with weightlifting, right? Well, weightlifting is the, in, in my experience, the monotony you're going in, you're doing the same things every single day. You may be feeling incredibly strong, but there's like one aspect of your technique that's off. You end up missing 70% of your one at max, but you have to stay there that day, figure it out and like have the resilience to kind of have a short memory and move on. And then I think CrossFit, I mean, being a seasoned CrossFit competitor, I did do the open one year. Um, <laughs> the mentality of be, oh, of being in the suck for however long that workout is and enduring the discomfort of the high heart rates, lactate, and like, it's, it's a different beast. The people who do that at a high level are incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think CrossFit definitely developed that toughness in me the mental toughness. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm like being able to push myself and then I, you start to really enjoy suffering <laughs> to the point where it's like, now with bodybuilding, it's like, as soon as I start prep, I'm like, I want to suffer. But <laughs> that usually digs me into a pretty deep hole very fast. And I, that shouldn't be your mindset going into it. <laughs> I honestly, I, I, I didn't plan on like deviating the conversation toward this, but let's go to it. Like that mentality of, I need to suffer. I need to be, if I'm not suffering, I'm not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, do you want to share your experience of this past like second prep? Um, and how that kind of bit you in the butt a little bit? Um, yeah, I mean, so every prep, you're going to learn more about yourself and what you need and how to approach your prep. Mm -hmm. Um, my first prep, it went as well as it could have, right? Like you never really know what to expect in the first prep. Um, and then going into the second prep, I thought that I want to be ready early and then be able to eat into the show and kind of like, like decrease the amount of cardio, increase food going into the show, make it a little bit easier on myself. Um, but what happened really was that I dug too hard, too fast to the point where I was exhausted and I had nothing left to give like way too far out from my show. Like we're talking like eight, nine, 10 weeks. I was like, I could have stepped on stage then, yep. um, but then I'm also coaching myself and I don't have that outside perspective being like, you need to slow down. I was in that prep mindset of like, I need to push harder. I need to dig deeper. I need to suffer. This is supposed to be hard. So I just kept pushing and pushing. And then I think I progressively looked a little bit worse and worse leading into the show. But again, this is something that I learned about myself and my, what I need through a prep right. to be able to handle it better in the next one. Well, I can, I can draw a parallel there for sure. Like for the majority of my powerlifting career, I was self-coached and I, I attribute a lot of the injuries that I'm now dealing with to how hard I pushed myself in those moments. Because, you know, if you feel, if you don't feel like you're working hard, you almost don't get that same mental payoff from it. But yeah. you have to realize that that mental payoff isn't what you're after. Mm -hmm. It's the platform performance or the stage, yeah. the stage presence. So um, it takes a lot of maturity uh, 
to be able to dissociate what you're feeling versus what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And I think at any level, when you look at the best of the best, whether you're talking about physique sport, powerlifting, um, or even you know team sports like football, track and field, all the best have coaches. Yeah. So it's almost like it's almost arrogant to feel like you know you you oh I can I can self coach and I'm I'll be the first to say that I learned so much coaching myself, but I think that had I had a second set of eyes, I could have definitely tempered the damage that I did to myself a little bit better made that path like a little bit more clear for you (laughs) yeah yeah definitely and I think that that transitions well into the next kind of evolution of you from you know as an athlete to as a coach and you know I have I've had the, the pleasure of being around you as you've gone from a nutrition coach doing it as a part time gig to going out on your own, coming on with Master Athletic Performance. And, you know, I'll I'll be the first to say it. You came on with Master Athletic Performance, but you you run your own business under our umbrella. You have Coach Olivia, you are your own business, building your brand. And people will see that when they visit, you know, your Instagram page or see any of the content you put out. And I've seen that evolution firsthand. And it's it's been amazing from the moment we had that that emotionally charged conversation of, I don't want to be a pilot. I want to be a coach to registering for continuing education courses, deciding on what you wanted your niche to be branching out into finding your voice on social media and in content marketing. And um, I'm wondering like, what was that? Like, was it just the switch of, Hey, I'm going to do this as a full-time gig. I'm not going to be a pilot anymore. I need to go all in. Like what was, what was the the mental switch there? It was definitely the all in mentality. It's like, if I'm doing something and I have my mind and my heart set on a goal, I want all of my focus to be there. So I I know my my heart wasn't in flying anymore. So, and I was like, I would be flying the plane, like in, in school for these classes. And I'm like, I just want to go home and like do my check-ins. I want to talk to my clients. I want to do this. I want to train more people. I want to be putting out content. Like that was what I was passionate about. So I'm like, what is going on? I need to make my decision right now. I love it. And, um, you know, in that, I think your drive to, I use the word coach, but Coaching is so much more than X's and O's. It's about relationship building. It's about creating a, a trusting bond between yourself and your client. Um, and it's something that I think you do very, very well. It's something that makes you special. You have this way of um, communicating complex information in a simple manner, but also doing so in a very empathetic way, doing so in a way where your clients feel comfortable disclosing that hard information to you. I'm wondering if there's any advice you would be able to share or or some sort of strategies that you use um, in doing that? Um, Well, I mean, I set my standards pretty much to what I would expect out of a coach that I would hire and what I needed in the past. And I needed someone who I could trust and have a friendship with as well as this coaching relationship. because I struggled a lot with disordered eating habits and 
And having a coach that you can trust and actually talk to about that stuff and be honest about is the key to to working on your nutrition. And that's what I needed before. So I want to give my clients that same feeling and Mm -hmm. coaching experience. Do you feel like your own experiences have led led you into being a better coach? Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, I, I, I feel that way about myself too. Like it's um, our own experience is going to shape what we deem as important topics to think about. So we actually, we've had a few conversations like this where you see a challenging topic brought up by a client and you, if you didn't have the experience that you had, you might just glance over that and yeah. not even realize that it was an indicator of a bigger problem, right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 And um, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, please elaborate. No, I lost my I lost my drink of thought there. <laughs> um anyways, go on. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so being a coach who has you know, you have your your bachelor's degree. Uh, obviously, you've done some continuing education along the way. What is the next evolution for you in terms of continuing education and development? Uh, so many. Um, I mean, there's so many like things that come up and I'm like, I, I want to know more about this and I need to know more. Um but that's obviously going to lead me down so many different doors. And of course, I'm just like, I want to have one thing and just like focus on it. Um, so I think where I'm headed mostly is women's health mm-hmm. and really being able to dial in on that and help females get the care and attention that they actually need and deserve. Mm-hmm. Um because just going off of like my past history, I just was brushed off so much with doctors and just not getting the information that I needed to put my health first and to put my performance first and my athletic goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to be that person for female athletes who want to feel better, perform better, look better. I feel like there's definitely a gap in not only the healthcare system, but in, in the coaching realm of people who actually understand women's physiology, especially women's physiology, when they're pursuing a high level of sport, um, it completely changes and irregardless of sport, whether it's, you know, like I said before, team sports or, or iron sport women, I said this yesterday to another client of mine, a man's body is very much like playing checkers. You have a couple moves, It's a really simple game. Mm -hmm. A woman's body is like playing chess because there's so many ebbs and flows over time, within a day, within a month of so many different things that interact with one another that you really do have a, you have to have a deep understanding if you want to get the most out of that athlete, not only for their performance, but their well-being. And in the future, um, yeah, just go, go off on that. Like, what in what area um yeah i know it's a lot like from my personal experience um so i mean birth control was a big part of it for me 
Um, anytime I asked for help with doctors about like, what should I be doing? What's the best thing? Like, these are my goals. This is what I want. There was no, no answer. Um, so a lot of that led to me trying to figure it out myself. Um, and then going through preps and bodybuilding preps, um, just how terrible you feel during prep, but mostly afterwards and trying to come back from that and not understanding like what is going on in my body and what do I need to do to support myself and to feel better and to progress. Like there was just no information I could find available. And so you want to be, you want to be an advocate for people. And one thing that I think is starting to get discussed more, but as women, your future goals with regards to your family and your health are all impacted by the decisions that you're making today. So whether you decide to go on birth control and how that's, that is going to affect your predisposition to osteoporosis, or you decide to engage in competition and you have extended periods of amenorrhea, well, how's that going to affect your fertility? How's that going to affect, you know, your perimenopause um, and menopausal situations and the need for HRT. And it's just a very, it's a, it's a deep rabbit hole to go down. And I'm very grateful that we've had like awesome conversations about our family and what we want. And we're able to plan ahead and, and take the measures that we can, we can take, but that's only been through your desire to seek out that information. Yeah. But I mean, it's also important to highlight, like a lot of women don't care to have children in the future. Very true. And that can't be the number one priority why you should be taking care of your health. There's a whole whack of other reasons why you need to prioritize it and why it's extremely important, regardless of whether you want children in the future. Coming full circle, though, you as a coach are only going to understand that when you create a trusting and empathetic relationship with that client. Yeah. To be able to have those conversations, something you do very, very well. So, um, and that was, well, the thing came back to me from before. Okay, okay perfect. About empathy. Um, I want my clients to be able to trust me, but also know that I am a human as well. Mm. And I think that creates a really important bond and relationship between a coach and a client, because when they realize that you've struggled through so many things in the past and you still fuck up every once in a while too, it allows them to open up a little bit more and be like, okay, yeah, this is happening to me too. And it's normal for this to happen. Right. Like I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm zeroed in on it in other coaches because I'm just hyper aware of it now, but some people are just extremely like rigid and seemingly like perfect online and maybe don't reciprocate that enough to clients. Mm -hmm. And myself like I would never want to work with a coach who preached like rigidity and you have to be on plan and you have to be perfect and if this is your goal then you have to do this right we're all human we're all gonna mess up once in a while and I just want to preach that like being flexible regardless of whatever your goal is is completely possible I definitely see, I've, I've definitely seen that for myself and my own clients. Like, I mean, you know, that my, my predisposition is towards like being super strict and robotic with myself, but that's only because of 
you know, my, my own history. And, and it was until that I started sharing that history with my clients, I was really able to get a lot more out of them, mm-hmm. which is, you know, really, really cool. Um, so you coach a wide variety of clients now you've, you know, with hybrid, it was primarily that lifestyle oriented client or that amateur athlete. Now you've branched out into coaching, you know, competitive, very competitive athletes, both on the strength side and the physique side. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's dive into that rabbit hole. Like what's the difference between those two populations? How do you approach it? Um, I think the biggest thing between like a competitive athlete and a lifestyle client is a lot of times talking them off the ledge <laughs> with a competitive athlete um, and the mindset and the mentality about like needing to be perfect or thinking that they're not doing enough or they're, they need to push harder and being that second set of eyes and like that voice being like no just follow the plan like trust me we're gonna get there this is exactly how it's supposed to go um but I mean with that being said too that happens with a lifestyle client as well with like dieting phases right they expect certain things and you have to lower or not lower their expectations but manage their expectations about the process and what it's going to be like so I mean, as much as there's like so many similarities and differences, right. They're all just people. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was kind of the direction that I wanted to bring this conversation and that whether they're pursuing highly competitive endeavors or whether they are trying to live their best lives, we're all people. Yeah. We are all imperfect. We all have insecurities. We all have baggage. We all have, you know, quote unquote traumas. And the, the, the easiest way to uncover someone's mentality is to take away their food. Yeah. You, know, you, you quickly become a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And I personally find that like the only difference between a lifestyle client and a competitive athlete is timelines. Yeah. Because when you have those timelines in place, if I have to be at this point on this day, you need to, there needs to be a built-in rigidity to that, that ideally scales over time. But when you have that lifestyle client, you know, that, that diet that you might want, might think will take 12 weeks might take 20. Yeah. Right. And that again, managing expectations throughout that process of, Hey, you're going on vacation with your family. Probably not a great, great week to continue your deficit. Yeah. So now you do that. A competitive athlete, it's like, well, you're going on vacation. Probably bad time to plan that vacation. You should have thought about your goals first. Mm-hmm. And this timeline that we have set, and this is going to be a sacrifice that you have to make. Looks like you're bringing Tupperware to the beach, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So what's next for you competitively? Uh, competitively, powerlifting. Um, and managing my expectations with that. Um, initially I just wanted to do it for fun. And then I realized, uh, I could probably set a couple records and get a pro level, uh, total if I actually like 
put some effort into training for this and perform really well. So my mindset kind of shifted very quickly to, I want to hit these numbers. Um, but as we get closer to the competition and feeling how my body feels and how I'm really like responding to that training, I'm kind of shifting back into that, uh, let's just do it for fun because it's not the top priority for me right now. My top priority is bodybuilding and getting my pro card. So I just want to keep that as the focus. And if we get the pro total in the power of Jimmy, Sweet. that's great. If not, let's get the pro card in March. I love it. I'm actually going to, I'm going to take a detour here because I think this is something worth discussing. Um, and I think it's a lesson for both coaches to be aware of and clients to kind of take note of. One thing that I think is a weakness of mine and a strength of yours is the ability to detach expectation from reality and expectation from emotion. Mm -hmm. Now, when you are pursuing multiple endeavors, chasing two rabbits, mm -hmm. if you try to chase both rabbits at the same time with the same level of, of intensity, you're going to lose both. But there's nothing that says that you can't chase one rabbit and then slowly attract the other rabbit and kind of like try to get it to come towards you and, you know, have it at arm's length, whatever, whatever this metaphor is kind of losing its, its charm. But um, I think, you know what I'm getting at. So how do you approach a session where might not be there? You know, you have a goal of what you want to hit it might not be there. And you know that trying to push the push the envelope is probably going to set you back in other areas. How does that conversation go in your head? Um, well, I mean, it, it comes down to what do I want out of this? Right? Like, what is the end goal and the main goal? Um, and what's really going to make me the happiest? Right. For me right now, getting my pro card is going to make me happy. Powerlifting, it'll be cool, but I'm, I really don't give a shit how well I do in the powerlifting meet. Mm -hmm. So if I go into the gym and I have a shitty squats to session or I drop a barbell on my face and bench again. Oof, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't care because getting those lifts isn't what's going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it sucks in the moment. It's like, yeah, I come into the gym wanting to hit these numbers, but at the end of the day, I have to kind of take a step back and be like, what really matters here? It's that main rabbit that you're chasing, bodybuilding. The main rabbit that I'm chasing. Yeah, that's been a, a very challenging transition for me because you know, I stepped away from powerlifting after competing for 13 years. And, you know, did a totally different thing in bodybuilding. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to come back to powerlifting and I've got all this extra muscle mass. It's going to be great. Um, but the reality is uh, that the reason I left powerlifting was because the way that I had to train in order to be competitive was a way that I didn't enjoy and that I had to kind of tolerate 16 weeks of feeling like garbage to be able to lift nine attempts on a platform, uh, not from, not from a, a physical, like a, 
from an injury perspective, like I'm managing a lot of chronic injuries and I thought that I could, you know, pick back up where I left off. And the reality is for me, I think I am transitioning to that stage of my career where I compete for fun. Yeah. And like, no it's fun to step on the platform and the, the day itself is great. But if you do not enjoy every day of the process of getting there, was it worth it at all? Yep. Right. And, and I, I'm, I never saw that before. I, I embraced the suck and like how the, the mental fortitude involved in it mm-hmm. and the payoff isn't there for me anymore. And I'm you know having a bit of a come to Jesus moment the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, it's a conversation I'm going to have to have with my coach as well about like, you know, the direction I want to take with my training. And I'm, I think this transition from me being an athlete and a coach to being a coach and then an athlete, it happened a little bit without my permission, but I love coaching and I know you love coaching and it'll be, I'm really excited for you to go through your competitive career and all the pivots and road bumps and speed bumps and, you know, jump, jump starts and all the stuff that comes along with it, that it's going to be very, very exciting. Yeah. And I mean, you have to, from your perspective, you have to look at it. Like if your client was dealing with this. Yes, absolutely. What advice would you give to them? I think the, the question that's coming to my head right now and, and a question that I'm going to be thinking on a lot is what makes me happy? Yeah. What makes me happy. And, you know, for a lot of people and myself included, I just want to be able to train hard. Yeah. I want to be able to go in the gym, train my butt off, leave tired, but feeling good. And then I'm, you know, I'll be a jack dad. Yeah. Look good and feel good. Look good and feel good. Liv, thank you so much for being the first guest. And, uh, you know, you don't really have a choice, but you're going to co-host a few of these with me. (laughs) Uh, and thank you all for listening Liv if people want to find you uh, where can they find you Um, on Instagram at Olivia X Michaud although I think in a few months that's going to be changing (laughs) to maybe Olivia X Oneid yeah Um, and yeah I mean there would be the best place you can find my email if you don't have Instagram then you can email me at Olivia at masterathletic.com. And are you currently accepting clients? I am. Perfect. Lifestyle, prep, bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever it is. Love it. Awesome. So again, if you guys are interested in finding Liv, uh, I will put her contact information in the show notes because I'm fancy like that. And we have show notes now. Um, If you want to get in touch with me at Paul O'Neill on Instagram, www.coachescorneruniversity.com and at and www.masterathletic.com as well. Uh, we have a number of events coming up this summer. Uh, June 24th, we are going to be in Montreal at SSI Performance. July 23rd, we're going to be in Guelph with the whole team. Francesco, Mike, Carly, Olivia, and myself will all be speaking. And then we're going to have a training session. So if you're interested in attending that and you're in the GTA, visit our website to register. And then we're going to be in Chicago, August 6th at Surge to New Levels Gym. That'll just be me and Olivia speaking on nutrition. And if you're interested in having us visit your gym, please let us know. My email is paul at masterathletic.com. Thank you for watching. 
leave us a five-star review, subscribe. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Liv. Bye. Bye.